Welcome to Remember When, a podcast for capturing the stories, insights, and lessons learned that will enable you to age forward with grace and ease. I'm your host, Kiki, and today's episode is sponsored by Elder Pride 2023. Now here's Reverend Jack Elliott, or as we like to call him, RJ. We're going to go ahead and get started here. And what I'm going to do, we're going to do what is known as kind of a little grounding. And in the work that we have been doing this past month uh, and all through Q1 of 2023 is the 12 Rules for Life written by Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Now, we're just using these rules as conversation starters. So think of it pretty much as if you would gone to have gone to a dinner party and somebody put one of those little notes under your plate that's a question. And just as a conversation starter, the host will say, okay, take the question out from underneath your plate, read the question aloud and give us the answer. You know, so, uh, you know, for some folks it might be, when was the first time you ever wore polka dot bikini? Or when was, do you have your first kiss or something such as that? But in this work that we're doing, it's really on a deeper level. It's really taking a look at this time of our life and the conversations that we want to have at this time of our life. You know, at Elder Pride, we dedicate our work to working with elders and you can get to identify whatever that number starts with, whether that number starts with 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Um, we work with elders in the LGBTQ plus community and those that love and support them. So it can be allies, it can be folks that identify in the community, but we wanna put a special focus on those folks because oftentimes that is the generation that has been marginalized, that has been the generation, quite frankly, that has had to figure stuff out on their own. So as we move into this time of our life, when we move into uh, what we would call our elder years, we are really looking at consciously defining and living my life, my way. And a big part of that is the work that we're doing. And so this month, we have been reading Dr. Peterson's book, The 12 Rules for Life. And so what I want to do is talk about those first four rules. And we'll get started by going to just a quiet place. And so I'm gonna ask that you just take a deep breath and kind of surrender to the moment to be open to hearing something you may not have heard before being aware of something that's a new idea. And we're going to start off by Kiki reading what I'm calling our deservability prayer or our deservability affirmation, because it parallels the work that we're doing for this first quarter. So Kiki, whenever you're ready. Thank you, RJ. Um, and uh, welcome Sue and also welcome my friend Penny as well. My life, my way, this is my legacy. My intention is to treat myself 
with the same love, compassion, empathy, and understanding that I bestow upon others. This is my prayer for my highest and best. I am worthy and I deserve all good. Not some, not a little bit, but all good. I now move past all negative restricting thoughts. I release and I let go of any limitations held by my parents, my children, my ancestors, my family or friends. I love them, I bless them, and I go beyond their negative opinions and limiting beliefs. I am not bound by any of the fears or prejudices of the current society I live in. I no longer identify with limitations of any kind. I take dominion of my life right here, right now. In my mind, I have total freedom. I now move into a new space of consciousness where I am willing to see myself differently. I am willing to create new thoughts about myself and about my life. My new thinking becomes new experiences. I now know and affirm that I am at one with the prospering power of the universe. As such, I now prosper in a number of ways. The totality of possibilities lies before me. I deserve life, a good life. I deserve love, an abundance of love. I deserve good health. I deserve to live comfortably and to prosper. I deserve joy and happiness. I deserve freedom to be all that I can be. I deserve more than that. I deserve all good. The universe is more than willing to manifest my intention to live my life my way and for my way is God's way. This is my time, my calling, and my legacy. And I accept this abundant life with joy, pleasure, and gratitude. For I am deserving, I accept it, I know it to be true, and so it is. And so it is. And so it, so is. it is. Thank you, Kiki, for that. Thank you. I uh, have up on the screen. RJ, uh, one little note. I just wanted to also welcome my friend Claudia to the podcast. Okay, thank you, Claudia. Um, I want to invite you to take a look at the screen and notice, you know, this is our commercial advertisement for our podcast that Kiki and I do each week. We drop a new episode weekly and the podcast is called Remember When. And one of the things that I want to invite you to know is that you can get our podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. We tend to go to Spotify because we find it the most user-friendly and easy to share with one another. But there's a two-fold opportunity here. Each podcast that you hear on your podcast, Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, corresponds with an essay that is written and posted on elderprideforme.org. So where you went to that website today to click in to join us for this call, you can click on the tab that says essays and you will immediately go to 
what I call the written version of whatever it, that we discussed in the podcast. And we do that for a couple of reasons. One, we know that people learn in different ways. Some people learn by reading, other people learn by listening, other folks learn by being in conversations like we're doing today. So we're doing it all. We're putting it all together in that fashion so that you can get the content. Now, the essays are stories. And I want you to think about a story as we are about to approach our first rule and I'm going to ask that, you know, whether it's in your journal or on a slip of paper or underneath that napkin, underneath your coffee mug that you have right now, I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to ask you to write down the first thing that kind of comes to your mind because you'll see the parallel of we're here to provoke some thought. We're here to provoke you to think of things as differently as you move through this time of life, but more importantly, to recognize the value of your own stories. Think about the time you may have sat with an elder and they shared a wonderful story from their childhood or from one of those times from how they got over or how they did it differently and how you were just engaged to hear every word that they might have said. Well, what I want you to know is you have a story to tell as well, that you have a story to tell Perhaps it's your children, your younger siblings, or your dear friends, or other people that are in your life. What are the stories you want them to know about you? And one of the other things that we've learned during this work we've done during the pandemic in the last couple of years, there are a number of folks who have moved into a time of their life where they don't remember like they used to. And so one of the things that we use as therapy, one of the things that we use as a coaching tool is we encourage them to tell their stories that they want to remember. Maybe it's that first date when you met your spouse. You never want to forget that time. You know, one of the stories that I love telling about my life is the time that I went to London on a blind date. I'm not going to tell you about it now, but I'm going to tease you about it. I want you to want to know about it down the road. But it's like I never want to experience, I never want to forget what it took for me to take that risk to go and to do that in my life. And I hope if I get to a time when I don't remember anymore that Kiki or Betty will then tell me my own story to say, Remember when you went to London on that blind date? So that's a part of the work that we're up to with our storytelling here at Elder Pride. And all of it is going to come together in June when we do our annual gathering and conference in Oakland. And it's called Elder Pride 2023. Elder Pride 2023 is a two-day gathering the last week of June, June 23rd and 24th, where individuals come together to really look at their life, at this time of their life. What do I need to do to put an order out? You know, do I have my trust in order? Do I have my will in order? Do I have my durable power of attorneys the way that I want them to be? 
yes, we'll do some of those logistics and we'll have experts there to talk about those things, you know, and making those decisions about your life and having, having your plan in order. But simultaneously, we're going to do a little work around this legacy work. What's your story? What's, what's there? What's your mark? What difference have you made? So that gives you kind of the 5,000 foot level of what we're up to here. And I hope you will see how it all goes together. So welcome to our podcast today. This is our first book study of 2023. And we're going to move right along into um, our 12 rules for life. Like I said, I talked about we chose the book by Dr. Jordan B. Peterson to be kind of our book read for Q1. And I love a good controversy. You know, it's it's like one of the things I love teaching about the truth. The truth will always serve you no matter where you find it. And some of this older work, this is a book that Dr. Peterson wrote quite a few years ago. You know, I will say maybe six or seven years ago. And the, the first chapters just spoke to me and I thought, okay, we can really use this as a good teaching tool. Um, and so I selected it, sent it out to our community to let them know to purchase this book. And then Dr. Peterson got a little wacky on me. You know, so if you are an avid follower of him on Twitter or on other social media platforms, you can see that, you know, in the last several weeks, he says some things that kind of make you go, hmm, okay. But what we're offering as an idea is to remember that the truth will always serve you and it's an antidote for your life to take what you want and to let the rest go. And so we're gonna focus on his work from about 2010, as opposed to his point of view and his work from 2022. So with that, so the 12 rules for life. Rule number one, stand up straight, shoulders back. Now, this sounds like a rule that you could hear in any personal development seminar, any workshop across the country. But I wanted to point out that affirmative prayer that Kiki read at the beginning of our program today is the demonstration of how one stands up straight with their shoulders back. To say it more simply, this rule is inviting us to take dominion over our life. It's you, you get to take care of you first, especially now, especially at this time. So you can equate it to putting your face mask on first, but it's accepting the belief from the get go that your life is valuable and worth treating in an affirmative way. It's taking dominion. What we study in this philosophy is that people operate in four levels of consciousness. The first level of consciousness being life happens to me. We all know folks out there in the world where life is just happening to them and they are like that little ball in a pinball machine bouncing off one episode of drama from another episode of drama 
you know, trying to make their way down the path of life. That is life happens to me. I'm a victim of life. Nothing good can kind of come out of this, but it can. There can be a bridge. That person that is living in that level of consciousness can make a choice to move to the next level of consciousness where life starts to happen by me. And what I mean by that is taking dominion. You can make a decision. I'm getting out of this relationship. I am taking responsibility over my finances. I am going to move to a different town. I am going to take a different job. That's when you're stepping out of life happening to you, claiming some power around it. You are standing up tall with your shoulders back and you're moving on and you're moving on. So that's kind of a metaphor for rule number one. Rule number two is treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. So I invite you to just think back at this week alone. Look at all the times that you may have had a plan to do something for yourself. And then a child showed up, a sibling showed up, that friend that showed up that's living in that level of consciousness where life happens to them. And they just interceded in your life and they kind of took over. And you had to put yourself on the back burner in order to take care of them. That's a level of consciousness that I want you to notice that especially as the time you get into this eldership, this time when you have earned your creds for being an elder in the community, notice that you're not, when you're not treating yourself as well as maybe you're treating somebody else that you're responsible for. You know, oftentimes I had a conversation in the past few weeks with a member of Elder Pride who was going to a doctor's appointment and they wanted to, they were almost apologetic in the doctor's appointment for taking up the doctor's time. Okay. They weren't treating themselves well in that consultation. They weren't putting their face mask on first. They didn't want to take the time away from the doctor. Oh, that doctor could be treating somebody else. So let me just get in here and get this renewal, this prescription. I'm not going to bother to tell them that I get a little nauseous whenever I take this medication. I won't trouble him with that. Look what we've done in this situation. We've stopped treating ourselves as well as we're treating the doctor. And so we want to take dominion over our life and take that back and really start looking at how we treat ourselves. Put that face mask on first. Believe that we deserve the self-care so that we can move through life. Look at your life this week. When did you take care of you? Now, Coming to this book study this morning may very well have been a part of your self-care. And great, do that. 
you know, I recently made the shift from reading books to, you know, kind of tapping into the whole audiobook thing. And I had a funny experience where I would do it when I would be sitting there listening to a book, really enjoying it. But because I was not doing something with my hands, I felt like I was wasting my time. And I realized that I had to give myself permission just to sit there and listen to the book. So that's our rule number two. Rule number three, make friends with people who have your best interest at heart. We have a wonderful episode seven that's up in our uh, podcast library at Spotify or wherever you get your favorite broadcast, where we talk about our circle of friends, those people that are in our most intimate circle, those people that are in our chosen family and friends circle, the people that are in our acquaintance circle, and the people that are in our universe because they've come into our life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, as Iyana Van Sant would teach us. So what we want to do at this time in our life is to do that inventory of who's there and what role are they playing? Do they have my best interest at heart? Oftentimes for elders, it's when a caretaker type of person starts to come into their life. Well, oftentimes that caretaker wants to do it quicker, faster, and their own way. And if you think about it, if you act with that caretaker like you just acted with the doctor, you're gonna let them do that. You're gonna set it up so that somebody is taking dominion over your home, your house, your way of living, and not asking you what you want or what is in the best interest for you. So we want to take dominion over our own lives and really get in touch with who am I allowing into my life at this time? And one of the things that you'll learn from listening to that episode is every circle is a sacred circle. Every circle is somebody that's supposed to be there in your life right now. But you get to really set the boundaries of how close they can get to your heart how close that they can get into their circle of influence with you, where they're making decisions on your behalf, or when you are allowing them to take you to and fro. And so there's really an opportunity to notice what you notice about the people in your life and spend some time thinking about why you've noticed what you do. You know, think about, you know, that friend that, when you see their name in the caller ID, you kind of go, oh, I'm going to let that go to voicemail. I just don't have the time or energy to take that call right now. Or you walk into a room and you think you're going to do it one way and suddenly you see them there and their energy and all that they bring. And you want to just kind of like back out the door and get back in the car and go home. You know, that's the kind of intuition that I want you to tap into when you look at this list of people that are in your life and that are being a part of your life so that you are taking dominion and controlling that experience of it. 
So let's go on to rule number four. Rule number four, compare yourself with your past, not to others. One of the things, I'll give you a great example right here, right now. I want you to think about your life right now of something that you're doing better than what you did when you were 20 years old. Think about whatever that could be and just kind of bring it to mind. I want you to see how you are moving through those levels of consciousness. Maybe when we were in our 20s, we had the belief that everything just happens to us and I'm just in response to it. You know, then as you get a little bit older, you take a little bit more dominion of your life and you start to put some corrections in wherever you want to put in the corrections and you start to see results. I want to invite you to look that once you look at rule number three and start to assess what people are in your inner circles, especially those first two, that intimate circle and that circle of chosen friends and family, if you get the right people in those circles, one of the things you realize that you have moved on to level three of consciousness where you have found your tribe where life happens through you. Maybe it's a group that you are marching and protesting with or advocating for somebody else with, or maybe it's a sewing group and you all come together and you're sewing together and you're having a wonderful time engaging in that art and that craft together. Maybe it's your Tai Chi class or your exercise class that you love being a part of that community, but because you have taken dominion you start controlling your life to be the life that you want your way, suddenly you're finding yourself surrounded by like-minded people. And that happens when you abide by rule number four. And you start to look at your own life and give yourself credit and understand had I not make that, had I not made that mistake, I would not have the life I have today. You know, it's often been said by some teachers that, you know, a mistake is merely a setup for something better. A setback sets you up for great things. And only in this time of life can we look back the, at the tapestry of our life and kind of see how A led to B and B led to C and C led to D. And wow, look at that. I get it now. I get how my life got to be the way that it is. So now that I know that, what do I do with that? So that level turns around and becomes the fourth level of consciousness where life happens through you. And I believe regardless of whatever religious upbringing you have or whatever spiritual path you've chosen for yourself, when you become an elder, you are at the time of your life when it's time to stop, turn around and share what you know. Carl Jung would have called it the autumn of our life. 
and really talked about in some of his seminal work about how when a person reaches a certain age, they go away for a year or two. They go out in the woods, they just reflect, they do their due diligence of trying to understand how their life got to be the way that it is. And they started to turn it around and see some sense to it, get the lessons learned from it. And they go back and they teach their protégés, the younger ones in their community, okay, here's how my life evolved. Here are those situations where I either pushed through, went around, arose above whatever circumstance that showed up. It made me stronger. It made me better. It made me who I am today. And by me sharing my story, that lessons comes through me to you. And it taps into whatever spiritual connection that you might have in order to make that happen simultaneously. So at this time in our life, rule number four, don't compare yourself to others. Don't compare yourself to, okay, Joe over there that I have coffee with at Starbucks every morning is always talking about his 401k and his stock portfolio, and I'm not going to share my little humble story of finances. Don't do that. Don't compare yourself to them because you don't know how real that might be or not be. Compare yourself to yourself. Look at your own life and understand that maybe, just maybe for you, Prosperity is the ability to do whatever you want, whenever you want. And when I look back on my life, I noticed I got to do just that. I never had to worry about it. I have grown. I have matured. I have done more than I could ever imagine with this experience that I call my life. And I am going to live my life my way, for that is my legacy. And that's the work that we're doing. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen. And I'm going to ask you to reflect for just a moment on everything that we talked about. What did you notice? Why did you notice? Any questions you might have? We'll talk about that now too. So Kiki, I'm going to count on you to tell me whoever might have their hand up. And we'll go from there. Okay. And feel free to raise your hands electronically if you are, um, uh, if you're not on video. Otherwise, That's under the reactions, huh? <laughs> yes, under under the reactions. So does anyone have? Okay. Yes, <laughs> Betty. Okay. Um, well, when we talked about the first rule, one of the things you ask us to do was reflect about a moment in an earlier life. And what came up for me was, I grew up in a generation where women were secondary. They were, you know, they were supposed to be at home, raising the kids, having the dinner on the table at six o'clock, hot and ready to serve. And so um, that was not an appealing thing for me. <laughs> But with four older brothers, it was a little difficult to push my way <laughs> through. So um, I, I just remembered that and remembered that really 
my brothers taught me how to deal with adversity. And so I'm grateful. I am really grateful for that. It gave me the strength to push through the rest of my life. <laughs> good, good, good. Thank you, Betty. Who else? Notice anything or questions that might have come up? Penny. Hi, Penny. You got to take yourself off mute, Penny. Okay. Now, can you hear me? Yes. The light is bad in this room, and so it's, it's pretty hard to see me. But uh, I just wanted to say that sometimes... Um, Life circumstances sits you down and makes you think about um, all of the things and the four rules that you just went over. And two years ago, I went into renal failure. I had been a, a busy trial lawyer, a judge, uh, a wonderful career in the law, a law professor, dean of a law school. And all I did was focus on other things other than myself neglecting my health and so I went into complete renal failure and pretty much felt like I wasn't going to make it because dialysis wasn't a good fit for me but miraculously I received a kidney in June of 2021 and I'm here to tell about it uh, I feel like it's a miracle because I had only been on the Mayo transplant list about eight months uh, when they told me it was going to be a three to five wait, year wait. And I knew that I couldn't wait uh, three to five years. I wasn't going to make it. But in that time when I sat down, uh, when I had to stop working, uh, when I had to then begin to focus on my health with my uh, uh, spouse, Pam, um, we began to... Uh, get deeper into our study of our own consciousness and our spiritual uh, nature and relationship um, with the Supreme Being and to begin to educate ourselves on life and circumstances. And Pam has always been uh, a metaphysician and has taught me a lot about metaphysics, but it, it that this last couple of years has just given me the opportunity to get into things that are beyond religion uh, because it's not about religion it's about having a spiritual relationship and elevating one's conscience and getting to the the highest level of consciousness uh, that you you can because we're all energy and and an energy force and so i just really want to say i thank you for inviting me Kiki to uh, to uh, attend this and to listen to those rules. They're very they hit home. It's something that Pam and I discuss almost every day in terms of life circumstances. And you know when you step back and you look at things, um, you look at how beautiful things were. But then when you get to that age of uh, seniorhood. And you can now just kind of stay at home and look around at your house and your things your, and play with your dog. Uh, life is beautiful. Life is wonderful. And I'm just very grateful to be here and to be able to join you all this morning. Penny, thank you so much. And, you know, the other thing that you did that I uh, hope people were get, getting, you shared your story. 
when you talked about how you spent a big part of your life being focused on that career and not taking care of you, somebody in our listening audience went, oh, me too. Does that mean there's still hope for me? How do I get out of that? How do I break that cycle? And, you know, thank you for sharing your story because that's what's so beneficial to this work. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? We have time for one or two more. Sandria. Good morning, everybody. So, when we were talking about the rules. So, if you're not speaking right now, I'm going to ask that you put yourself on mute because someone is enjoying MSNBC in the background. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There, that's what. Thank you. So, when we were looking at the rules, you know what this looks like, and I'm I'm... I'm toying with the definition, it looks like privilege. And what it can seem from, from someone looking in is this is privilege that we've also dubbed as very bad. Um, um, let, me, let me just, um, what it struck me in doing, putting myself first and we've dubbed certain people, uh, a group of people, when we see them putting themselves first as privileged and it not being such a good thing. How does this then play out as being a good thing as opposed to privilege that some groups of folks in, enact in all situations? They, they, it, from outside it does, like they're taking care of themselves, they're putting themselves first. It is my game and, and no one else's, I do it my way. So how does that play out as being different? Well, one of the things, thank you so much for the question. Um, I think what we are learning at this time of our life is to redefine some terminology uh, that we may have been raised with. If you think of more of the traditional church and that religion, religious upbringing that some folks may have, taking care of oneself first was looked on as a negative. But if you look why it was taught at that time, it was to teach others to care for others. And, you know, it's only from, if you think of privilege as our divine inheritance, then we have the ability to live by what I call the real gospel of Matthew, where it says, I saw that you were hungry and I fed you. Well, if I don't have any food, I can't feed you. I saw that you needed clothes and I clothed you. I got to have some clothes to share in order to be able to do that. So there's got to be something in my dowry. There's got to be something in my vessel of well-being to be able to share with you. And had I not taken care of myself kind of first in that, I really couldn't help others. And I think that one of the things that we do is we as elders get to teach others how they got to be in this place of what some might call privilege. Like, for example, I'll use the example of the Church of Latter-day Saints. It's no accident that it's located in Salt Lake City. And the reason why it's located in Salt Lake City is when their provisions had all expired 
and they had nothing left but the 10% that they had set aside for themselves and their own well-being. So they had to stop there. They couldn't get to California. But they had learned such a valuable lesson from that experience that they started to go back up the wagon trail line to rescue other people because they knew that others didn't have that consciousness of setting aside their 10% or setting aside enough provisions for the trip. And so they went out and they started to rescue. They went out and started to help. So you could look at them and say they came from a place of privilege. You could look at them and say, you know, they did it just to recruit for their ministry, but they were fulfilling their own spiritual calling in that. But don't miss the lesson there. They had to come from this idea, this consciousness of if I'm grounded in taking care of myself, then I am fully equipped to be in that highest level of consciousness where life happens through me. God can direct where I give my gifts. God can direct where I give my uh the clothing, the food, the visitation, the pastoral care, because I'm taken care of. I'm not just in reaction to life. And so privilege is for the spiritually conscious person accepting our divine inheritance and sharing it. It becomes privileged when you hold on to it all for yourself and not let anybody else in. You know, I remember once going to, when I lived in the Bay Area and the great migration out of the Bay Area is to move east towards affordable housing. And so I remember when I could no longer afford a house in Pleasant Hill and the Concord Walnut Creek area, I had to go further east to Tracy, California. And when I went to that, because there was a lot of new real estate development there, a lot of new houses there, I got there went to a planning commission meeting for the city and somebody who had just moved there like me raised their hand and said, how do we close this door behind us? We don't want any more of these people from the Bay Area moving out here. And it was like, oh, so privilege for you is closing the door behind you. And so when we take dominion over our life, when we make sure that we have money in our bank account, when we do what Susie Orman teaches us and say, you should have six to eight months of income in your emergency plan. You know, it's not privilege that you're doing that. You're merely being prudent and responsible so that you are in a better place to share for others. I hope that helped a little bit. It helps a lot. I understand it better. Thank you. Thank you. One last question. Kiki, anything from you? I mean, you always do. You always have good questions for me. Yes. Um, I don't have a question, but I have a comment, and I'm sure that you will uh, elaborate on my comment uh, as well, as, as you do, as my, as my coach. Um, so, uh, it was about the, and, and you and I did a podcast on this, the, uh, rule number three, make friends with people who want the best for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that for me, this rule 
has just been invaluable in really thinking about it and 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 doing what you said, notice what you notice and why you notice it. Um, and I also just wanted to say about that, I, you know, I have the the privilege and the honor of having um, a family member here who has who I who has known me for my all of my 65 years because he's a year older than I. And it has been wonderful to see how that rule number three, as we continue to become friends, has been helpful as as we, you know, as I look at that circle of friendship that you that you say, um, he is my family. Um, he is also my chosen uh, uh, family as well. And in this process in supporting uh, Elder Pride as an ally, um, you know, has also moved into that intimate circle as well. So I, I just really take this to heart. And uh, thank you, Mike, for for being here. And I also wanted to give a shout out to, to, to two other friends that I've known for 40 years, um, uh, my friend Penny and my friend Claudia, who was, uh, who was on before as well. But this, this rule is invaluable. Thanks. Love Thank you, you, cousin. Thank you. Thank you, cousin. Love you too. You've been listening to Remember When, a podcast presented by Elder Pride 2023. This podcast has been produced and edited by Reverend Jack Elliott and Kiki. Find the Remember When podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Copyright 2022. Elder Pride Incorporated and Reverend Jack Elliott. For more information, visit elderprideforme.org or write us at elderprideinfo at gmail.com.